millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast. Code acast. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Missed Apex Podcast News and Quiz Edition. I'm your host, Richard Reddy, but my friends call me Spanners. So, let's be friends. We did get asked quite a lot this week if we were going to do a breaking news episode on all of the crazy transfer stuff that was going on. As it happened, we already had a plan for what we were going to do that week. And it didn't feel like we should move it just for breaking news because we've never really been a breaking news kind of outlet. We did do it one time when Vettel signed uh, for Aston Martin. He, he, he was leaving Ferrari, signed for Aston Martin. We did it. We did it like a big breaking news thing, got people on to speak about it, and it did feel a little bit unnatural. However, you know, maybe that's something we might pivot to in the future as personnel and budgets change. However, you can catch Matt, Chris, and I separately all talking about that transfer news. And it isn't one of these, please be a patron for great extra content, because we tried really hard not to do that. The, the patron-only shows are not hidden paywall content. However, on this occasion, this is the only time that we have spoken about all the Piastri Alonso stuff. And the show that we had scheduled for this week was actually a a patron-only show that didn't feature me. It was produced by the rest of the team. I gave my opinions on all that transfer stuff on the Ringer F1 podcast. So as much as I don't want to promote the patron-only stream or promote any other podcast, I will say, if you want that news, go and check out the Ringer F1 podcast and also check out our patron-only pod. Well, I wasn't involved at all. The crew took over and produced a stream and podcast without me. Can you believe it? And it was hosted by Matt Two Rumpets. Hey, Matt. Hey there. Did you know if you no longer go for a social media valuation gap, you are no longer a racing driver? Is this in reference to Fernando Alonso retweeting praise about how just, much? How did you get that? So there was a big thing about how <laughs> Fernando Alonso's 
move to Aston Martin generated like the most ever social media clicks or something in F1 in a certain, certain time. And someone posted that. Fernando Alonso retweeted it. Yeah. Yeah, he retweeted the exact value of the social media he got for Aston Martin when he switched teams, which is just, well, yeah, that's whatever quite, you think of Fernando Alonso, that's very Fernando Alonso. It's definitely on brand. And how did you find hosting a patron-only stream without me, without my my glorious and generous leadership and guidance? Uh, we absolutely said nothing about you in the show. Oh. I'm just going to start there. Uh-oh. And um, and and I, I would say it's an excellent way to guarantee Worst content in the patron pod, not having you there. After you saying that, it feels like you did say things about me in the patron. No, you could ask other people about that, in fact, on this very show. I won't. I'll just tell you that we are an independent podcast produced in the podcasting shed with the kind permission of our better halves. We aim to bring you a race review before your Monday morning commute. We might be wrong, but we're first. Also joined in the shed by our executioner. No, no, I mean our quiz master a bit later on in the show, Chris Catman-Turn. How's it going, Chris? It's going good. I think what I will do is I will retweet the tweet that you put out later on that says how many extra views we get on Twitter because of my amazing quiz. (laughs) (laughs) It's just people tuning in to see how many I get wrong. I do need to remind you that the ongoing security of these quizzes is based on me not looking like a complete idiot. I'm just saying, if you want to feed me a few of the answers via WhatsApp, maybe no one has to know. Yeah, don't worry. I got the package in the post. You're safe. We're also joined, of course, by Chris Stevens. Hey, Chris. Hey, Spanners. You know, it's nice for me and Chris to be back on a show together. You know, the, the commentary duo of the uh, of our iRacing series. Yeah, it's been yeah, a while yeah. since we've actually done a show together. Though. Yeah, and if you want to get involved in next season's iRacing, which starts mid-September, then get in touch a race control at mistapex.net. You'll be on a stream commentated by you and Chris. Absolutely. So you know it's going to be high quality and the stream is amazing and we're, we're trying new things for next season as well. Very exciting. Oh, pit stops and everything. We're joined by another commentator, but in a land far away, Jonathan Simon. Jonathan, you have been doing some commentary as well. Yes, I have. I've been doing uh, a lot of commentary, a lot of series. I've been doing uh, probably the biggest gig I'm doing at the moment is the Supercars E-Series. If you want to watch that at, uh, watch that wherever you are. It's on Wednesdays. Check it out. You can get a live stream if you're an international viewer or it's on telly if you're in Australia. All right. We are going to do a quiz where Chris Catmantone is going to pit our knowledge against each other. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm more of a narrative guy than a, than a facts guy. But don't worry, we've got a little bit of a reprieve first as we catch up with all the Big Dirty News. Well, I feel like the the that I just added in there was very important, Matt. But you've got some new stories lined up for us. What are we talking about first? Well, I, I would like to go back, actually, if you could, to the Hungarian Grand Prix. And do you recall Pierre Gasly starting dead last because he took a new power unit? Yes. Yeah, and he did that because he failed to get out of Q3, and he failed to get out of Q3 because it was adjudged by the stewards that he violated, in a most heinous fashion, track limits, and therefore had his time deleted. But it turns out he felt very similar to Perez, who later had his time reinstated, that in fact he did not violate limits. And in reading this article, I discovered that the way they are currently judging track limits 
is by simply using video in real time at, at the steward's office. And I thought, that seems rather archaic. And for poor Gasly, the issue was the only video they had because he was using his, they were, the TV was using his helmet cam. The only video they had was from his helmet cam and from CCTV. And oh. I'm thinking, this does not sound very accurate to me. No, it's, it's like, yeah, okay. It seems like we're in a wax tablet phase, you know, using a stick and a wax tablet where we could be using the very latest in technology. And I, I'm assured from people in and around F1 that they are exploring new ways to, 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 to monitor these track limits. I think the problem at the moment is they have accelerated how important track limits are in the sport, which is great. The systems they have aren't anywhere close to catching up. What's amazing is Formula One is supposed to be the pinnacle of technology. It is the forefront of all that development. And yet we can't find a good way to do this when, you know, I was watching the uh, Emma Radcanu tennis match the other day and they can tell you with precise accuracy where the ball landed on the court, whether it was in or out. Football's had goal line technology for a number of years now. Why is Formula One so far behind other sports on this matter? Johnny? The most embarrassing part about it was not the Gasly part. It was the fact that they reverted the penalty for Sergio Perez, which was... In my opinion, how do you make such a big blunder, which can literally change a race weekend? Yeah. It can change somebody's, you know, decision from or, or or result from finishing, you know, tenth to first and winning the race. Which Perez was eleventh at the end of Q two. Now that didn't always affect, you know, there's there's a whole bigger picture to this, but I think it's unacceptable to have that. And I think for for the systems and the money that they have at the pinnacle of motorsport, as Chris said, you need to have better systems in place. Whether that's a secret extra camera angle they have at that corner, sensors like they do in other different sports and motor racing series, they've got to have something a little bit different. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because to me, what it very clearly demonstrates is the funding gap between FOM, which puts together the TV programs, and the FIA, which is actually in charge of judging everything. FIA is really a very, very financially poor relative to FOM and Formula One in general organization. And there are lots of different reasons for that. Still, I mean, I don't want to completely... I don't want to completely uh, just smash them. I mean, they have made steps forward. They've gone to laser yeah. scanning for scrutineering for dimensionality purposes. They've moved to CAD drawings. They've made efforts. But I hear they're absolutely caught up because the race directors are making strict track limits a major part of how the racing is going to be judged, as Spanner said earlier. But they don't have the budget and they've not done the research to back it up. So we're getting stuck. And it's no wonder then that it takes all race sometimes for us to find out, oh, someone got yeah. a five-second penalty for driving into somebody else. Because imagine the madness of trying to find the different footage. And that's what Perez had. I mean, they came up with new footage that showed clearly, and probably from the TV broadcast, that showed clearly that he was still on the line throughout. And in 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 the case of Gasly, they had nothing but CCTV. And so they just gave it their best guess. It's got to be automatic and it's got to be instant. There can't be anybody involved to make a, a judgment call. It's got to be, you did it, here's your penalty. Otherwise, it's no no point. And the only way that you can do that is with technology and investment, as you said, Chris. Yeah, Chris, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I am all for this white line defines the edge of the track and is, is the track limits. The white line defines the edge of the track. And for years we had this, we're monitoring it at this corner, but not this corner at this corner. It's the curb at this <laughs> corner. It's another roll, which was just a complete mess. We're definitely heading in the right direction mm. with this. Is the white line everywhere? You go over it, your lap time gets deleted. We just need the technology to catch up a little bit. So obviously the the technology isn't currently there, and there, there's no there's no shame for that. It's just that within Formula One, we haven't really said definitively the track lines is the track limits. And the first time I've really heard anyone from within the FIA say that is, uh, I'm going to say the name wrong, but is it Fritas, the one of the new Fritas? Fritas, yeah. He's he had previously said the white line is the limit, and I think that will be. I think that's probably something that's coming from him being a race director. I agree with that. I think the white lines should be the, the the track limits. That is a very different philosophy that we've had previously in Formula One. It's kind of been a yes, of course, the track limits are there, but hey, you know, as as long as you're not smashing anyone off, it, it'll be okay. Now, if we're going towards the track limit, the line is the racetrack that is the game board that is the size of the court that is the size of the pitch i completely agree with that but what is completely clear is the technology doesn't exist within formula one to do it so is it something worthwhile if so you need to assign a and i'm going to put my project engineer hat on here you need to assign a project engineer to to solve the problem to go and find the right people to solutionize it. Because all I'm hearing from people right now is, well, you can't do that because bikes have a sensor that only picks up where two wheels go off. So if you use the bike sensor, the, then you'll you'll be setting the sensor off when cars are halfway off track. Okay, great. Don't use the bike sensor. Install a Formula One sensor. Well, we can't use Hawkeye technology because in Hawkeye, when it's cricket and tennis, the lines are straight. Excellent. Let's not use that. We can take similar technology consult with experts and find a system that works. The simplest thing for me is a strip that is just enough outside of the line that if you were to trip that sensor, you've definitely gone off outside the line or you're sideways and out of control. But Matt, I think what's clear is that it needs a full-on deep breath. Is this important? Yes. Therefore, here's some money. There's someone in charge of that project. Go. I just keep hearing these excuses from people why you can't do it. It's engineering. You can do anything. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned the MotoGP sensor. Yeah, Formula One cars have a set width. That's that's not really a hard problem to solve with a little bit of math. I think, you know, for, for issues you have the downforce created by Formula One, what happens when a car drives over it? Does it suck the sensor up? That's maybe more of a problem. But we know who makes these sensors. I'm pretty sure Formula One went to them and said, we want to use your sensor, but we need engineering. That's a thing yeah. that could happen. But what we really need, and you're absolutely, again, right about this. So yes. here we are boring and agreeing. Ugh. What needs to happen is the decision needs to be instantaneous and it needs to be automatic so that there's no arguing about yeah. it. And the stewards can pay attention to more important stuff in the race. Yeah. Yeah. Like a puck in hockey. Indeed. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, but we all agree. I think, is there anyone who thinks that we shouldn't uh, enforce track track limits who you think you know let's keep it all wishy-washy Jono no not you Jono no I, I don't disagree I was I'm, I'm agreeing even further by saying that I remember MotoGP back in the day said not that they were wrong but that their old systems the, the cameras they used to use they used to use what Formula One are doing now the same process it was old school and that's why they brought the sensors in 
uh, I think it was a couple of years back for, for 2021. So for that, it's worked for them perfectly. It's Formula One. It's the pinnacle of motorsport. We've got the best engineers in the world. They can figure out something that would work. Yeah. Have you seen the experiments that they sometimes do at Cota with Indy and IMSA where they go, at certain corners, we're just not going to bother with track limits at all. You can do what you like. And they're a good two or three cars off the circuit. It makes me want to stab pencils in my leg whenever I watch it. I instantly turn it off. I just I can't deal with it. It, it makes my <laughs> racing brain hurt. So we've got to enforce these track limits somehow. F1 should have been ahead of the curve. It should have been ahead of tennis, especially football. It should have been ahead of football in inducing goal line technology. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, that's very snobby. We've got to be better than the football people, surely, says they're just, Catman. They're just kicking a big, big leather <laughs> ball about. I'm sure we can do something better than that. All right, Matt. I think we can uh, move on to the next topic. What else have you got lined up for us in the Big Dirty News Sphere? This is one of my favorites because everybody thinks something is done and it's like not even begun to be done. And that would be the Red Bull Porsche deal. Remember how we heard, oh, it's a done deal. Porsche's going to take a 50% stake, blah, blah, yak, yak. Well, guess what? It's not. And do you want to know why? Yes. Barely. But yes, you do. Okay. Here's why. Because you remember those 2026 engine regulations that I kept on talking about all summer long. No. That's right. Because you were not paying attention when I talked about them. This is correct. But they've not yet been voted into existence. And the chairman of VW himself says that no money is going anywhere. No deals are going to be signed until these engine resolutions are finalized by the World Motorsport Council. And so far, that has not happened. Well, I think this is, it's all a bit of a formality, really. Like we know what's going to happen when those regulations finally get signed off, assuming nothing dramatic comes up that's going to throw Porsche off or away from the sport. So, you know, we know which dominoes are going to fall. We just don't know when they're going to fall yet. Apparently, the whole argument is about what Porsche is going to be entitled to as a new manufacturer to Formula One. Yeah, and in, in, in fact, that is the case. That is part of the case. It's also what they're going to make the pistons out of. There's lots of niggly little details right there. And what's interesting to me is this vote was originally supposed to happen on June 29th. Now, I think it is scheduled for August 8th. And if that happens, it's an e-vote. If it does happen, it's going to be uh, even longer before they get word. And getting word is just the first step in the actual signing and putting into place Porsche for Red Bull. So guess what's happening? Mm-hmm. Everybody's favorite person, Helmut Marco, is now suggesting that there's a little bit of gamesmanship going on with the haggling over some of these small details just in order to reduce the advantage Porsche will have when they finally join. And for some people, they might have seen the news during the week that Red Bull, well, didn't they just sign with, with Honda? I thought Honda left the sport. What's going on there? And of course, that's just support for the for the current powertrains they use, which have been branded 400 different brands in the last like five years, I think, for Red Bull. But for that one, that's only for these current regs. Now, Red Bull have sort of hedged their bets with that. They have support for the next three, four years. But here's the, the beauty of the new regs, right? We need to get, and Red Bull need to get somebody signed as soon as possible. We saw what happened with Mercedes with the turbo hybrid era. They were developing those power units, as far as I, I remember, earlier than any other team. 
And they were the best team throughout the entire turbo hybrid era. And that's what Red Bull need right now is to sign somebody early. They've hedged their bets with Honda. We know Honda's probably not going to return unless maybe, you know, Honda see something they like. Who knows? But that's where Red Bull now really need to sign somebody they as soon as left. possible. They never left, Jono! <laughs> Well, we, I just said, yeah, they, they've been branded like 400 different times. They were branded after a watch one year, the engines, which didn't make any sense. Same as the McLarens back in the 80s. But yeah, I no was was fooled by Honda leaving. I don't know why they've taken their badge off of the car, but yet still providing all the same technical support. I think they left for a year and kind of did a, uh, a support package. But now they're pretty much throwing themselves straight back in with Red Bull, um, providing full support in their factory in Milton Keynes but you're still not having the the Honda badge on the car it just seems like very poor marketing to me particularly now they're winning I think it's because because of what Honda's brand values are now they can't really be seen to be involved in the project even though it's still got HRC the Honda racing company logo still on the side of the car and on the engines and all that and all that stuff which I guess is technically a separate entity okay guys what I want to do now all very interesting new stuff but i want to put you in the position of someone who is coming into formula one Uh, and matt what i'd like to do is i'd like to give the panel an opportunity to play a little bit of f1 manager here so they all have a scenario that they can create on their own do they come in with a big budget do they come in as plucky outsiders but they can pick their team principal their engine supplier and which drivers they'd go after Looking at looking at our very ugly panel here, who who do you think should go first? Oh well, you know what? <laughs> I, I think we make I think we make Stevens go first. Okay, Chris <laughs> okay. Stevens. All right, you're entering F1. What's your battle plan? And and, so, and give me your scenario first. Give me your background as well. Like create a whole story of of who you are. Why are you coming in? Are you an, are you are you an entrepreneur? Are you a, a socialite? What's going on? Why are you entering F1? Uh, I mean, really good question. Why does anyone enter Formula One for the thrill of the chase, vanity, for the, yeah, for, for the exotic lifestyle, for the increasing vein on your forehead that will grow and grow and grow as a team principal? Now, I, I think my my battle plan would be to drum up the marketing first and foremost. Oh, nice! Um, You're a PR guy. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you get all the brands on board. Uh, you 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 try and find like some nice angle that's going to work with a lot of the brands to get them invested in this okay. kind of. Well, what kind thing. of team are you? Are you like a party team, like the early Red Bull, or are you like a serious? You know, we're we're here to promote uh, a manufacturer or uh, an image, or are you like Eddie Jordan? No, no I would. Yeah, I, I think more like an independent outfit. Mm. Um, but is there to be serious as well? You know, I think since we lost. Uh, the Williams family from Formula One. Obviously, the name is still in there, but it's not a you know privately owned okay. uh, or independent you know team anymore. So I would come in and be like, "We're bringing the independent teams back." Okay, okay, Formula okay. One. So you're a brand new yeah. privateer coming in. Okay, that's great. So what we want to know, and and feel free, panel, by the way, to throw your hands up and uh, and tell Chris why he's wrong. First okay. thing I want to know is uh, who's your engine supplier and uh and what do you think your chances are this is a really um it's a really, really tough question um but i think i would have to go with ferrari if you're asking me this now oh because you want to use a lot of engines 
No, well, I think be- because you- you'll never get a Red Bull Powertrains one unless you become one of their B teams. So that's off the cards immediately. And Mercedes seem to have still this, this this power issue, I think, compared to the other teams. So I would I would take the speedier engine over the more reliable oh, one. There's some, there's some dissent in yeah. the crowd. Catman then Jono. So is this Ferrari powertrains pre or post technical directive, Chris? Oh, <laughs> oh. The Slap on one, the you're asking me now. <laughs> Well, okay. Can I tell you something as well? D- didn't Mercedes have like the best engine for the last twenty years of Formula One since like two thousand and four BMW or something? No. I don't know. I've always, I've always thought Mercedes had the best engine. No. Do, do when you did you what? think they didn't? Do you know what? I went to the Autosport archive a few years ago, and I opened mm-hmm. up the magazine that was closest to my birthday, and in there was a headline that I never thought I'd read, which was Mercedes hoping to match Renault power. Wait, what year was this? 1997. Oh, yeah, of course, 1997. I'm talking until like 2004. I, th- I remember those Remember those Williams BMWs <laughs> and you had one Pablo Montoya go 370 through Monza. And then since then, I feel like every year the Mercedes has been the best engine. McLaren Mercedes were pretty good. Yeah, well, 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 They were BMW yeah. engines, weren't they? Anyway, Renault had the best engine the V8 days. Let's be honest. That's okay, well, as blown diffuser for Renault. No, 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 no. I, can I add to that? Those 2010 Vettel years where he won the championship, Renault were always one of the slowest teams in a straight line. But the no, engine. there's more to an engine than power in terms of their fuel efficiency, in terms of their traction, in terms of oh. every other measurable thing. Yes, they were maybe 30 horsepower down on the Mercedes, but they exceeded their rivals in every other measurable oh, way. Okay, so you want a Ferrari. Like no one, I don't think anyone agrees with you that that's a good idea. <laughs> what, are you, what, what else am I supposed to take? An Alpine engine? Renault, yeah, you can take a Renault oh, engine. Oh, why would I do that? Well, I mean, it seems broadly fine, doesn't it, this season? It's not the tractor that they had in 2014. That's true. Okay, okay. so, so engines, people can, because uh, I know at least Catman and Jono want to pitch in with the team here. So who are you hiring for your driver lineup? You've got a Ferrari engine, so you're not finishing, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> who, who are you driving the car and who is in charge of your team on the pit wall? So if I could take someone from the existing grid, I would take Christian Horner because there is no way he, he goes to bat. Ever he goes to bat for your down. team. He goes back to bat for your team. That's true. Exactly. That's right. True. When he's That's batting true. for you, yeah, you ain't batting for anyone else. Yeah. So I would, I would have Christian. And also Christian Horner has got rid of the whole principle of gaslighting because he said that gaslighting doesn't exist. You've just made it up because you're crazy. That's what he's, he's exactly. told all of F1. And who's your drivers, Chris? In my drivers, I would stick Piastri in as the like you get the young up and coming. Well, he's up for grabs, and as we know, it does not yet have a confirmed contract. Yes. Yeah. And then I would I would need someone with experience. Okay, who's you that? Know, somebody somebody who could lead the team, push it forward, and uh, and help he's go along the car. Up. And I would not take Fernando Alonso as much as I would. I would be. I'd be really tempted to take Fernando Alonso, but actually, I would take Valtteri Bottas. Oh, okay, so you have Valtteri Bottas yeah. as a safe pair of and hands. Piastri. So I, I'm you gonna... just like his picture, Valtteri uh, Bottas. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to say Piastri 
is actually a bigger risk than people think. So I can see why, because he's the man of the moment, but you just don't know. You don't know with these guys coming through. Um, uh, you know, you can't base your whole strategy on a kid. And I think that's what yeah. you've done there. No, but I will because he won three titles back to back to back. No one ever does that. Okay, that's strong. Chris, Catman Turner. Hello, sir. Va- Van Dorn did that, just saying. E, okay. You're I don't cu- think it, cu- No, he didn't do the Formula 2 yeah. year, though. Oh, okay. He did two he years won- of F2. Fine. His, stellar, his junior career was absolutely stellar, and look where that got him. Christopher anyway. Turner. At, <laughs> right. what, what's your, your Twitter? Catman F1? Catman F1. Okay. So people should follow you there. Yeah, I, I say things controversially yeah. occasionally. So, yeah, come Not if you really. want to have a, a good you're ride. You're very, very mild-mannered. But you're entering F1 as a mild-mannered team owner. Probably yeah. the most, I would say, the most mild-mannered team owner there is. If you look at That's... Rossi, who I've just learned a lot about. If you look at Stroll. If you look at Mataschitz. If you look at what other, you know, they're, they're very Haas, uh, Gene Haas. Yeah, those guys scare me. They're very uh, at the the team owners dinner. I think you're going to be out of your depth, if I'm honest. But you're a smart man. So what's Uh, your plan for coming into F1? I'll know which fork goes with which course. That's that's true. You'll work from the outside in. Yeah, exactly. Zach Brown won't. Zach Brown will be eating it like just with his hands. (laughs) So strap in, boys. I've got a bit of a manifesto here (laughs) for you. So I'm going to take Haas from the back of the grid to the front in five years. Nice. We need we need money and development. So we need a young gun for the long term. And as we've discussed before, I think a rich kid is counterintuitive, so I'm not going for a stroll or anything like that. And as Chris said, we need to pair him with an experienced campaigner. I don't want it to be a retirement at home. Uh, you know, we have to be realistic. We're not going to get champions. That's fine. I get it. You know, so what I'm going to try and do, I'm first of all, I'm going to sensationally approach Nico Rosberg to jump and join back in the fall, see if he can uh, lead okay. the team. Okay, that's all we've got time for. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Chris, so, yeah. you said you won't be able to get champions, but you're going to get Nico Rosberg. Back. That's oh, interesting. Did, I, did yeah. I say that? Sorry about that. So, yeah. <laughs> so from, for Haas F1, American team, I'm going to bring on colton herter from indycars nice. he's gonna get the sponsors that we need from the u.s market and he's a raw talent i think he's really really good so year one year two we need to attract a u.s oh, okay. based manufacturer okay and, and, like... so, so 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 who's this guy say the name again oh colton herter okay. so he's a driver for andretti in, so he's uh, raced in IndyCar. indycar yes yeah he's so... very good he's won a few races he's young you know good looking He'll he'll do the marketing for me. That's so great. Do, do you know who Tom Gaymore is? Yeah. Yes. Well, tell me. Tell me who Tom Gaymore is. He, he's the commentator in IndyCar, right? Uh, uh, we should get him on Miss Apex podcast to tell us why F1 fans should tune into IndyCar and the kind of crossover and the driver comparisons, right? That would be a yeah. good idea. He could tell you how good uh, Colton Herter actually is. So why don't we do that for next Sunday's magazine show and have him to f- you know on to finish off our show for us? What a wonderful idea, Spence. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll try my best. You carry on, Captain. Cool. So, yeah, we need a manufacturer. So I'm thinking US-based. You know, I'm going yeah. painting the car red, white, and blue. <laughs> of course. Stars and Stripes, you yeah. know. Ford, Chevrolet, Dodge, something like that. They yeah. need to expand their marketing painting reach. freedom. Yeah. Yeah. They need freedom F1, that's what we'll call it. Yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, so we need to have 250 million plus investment every year. But right? So you're, you've got a Ferrari engine here, right? 
No, no, I'm getting them to build their own. So a uh, Chevy. Oh, I see. Sorry, yes, I missed that. Yeah. So, um, and then your drivers are Herta and who else? Herta and, and well, experienced person. If it's Bottas. not Rosberg, okay. if I can't convince him to come back, then <laughs> as yeah, he was right. You know, Bottas, someone like Carlos Sainz, Magnussen, Magnussen, maybe Magnussen was my Magnuson. second. Yeah, absolutely. All right, not bad so far, Matt. Whose team do you think is winning out of Chris's team and and Catman's team? Uh, Chris's team. Sorry, no. I mean Herta. No, the, 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 be- like, the better Chris's team. You mean the 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 the, 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 the yeah? <laughs> think Chris is winning. Okay. Oh yeah, that's a good point. All right, <laughs> the American would back. Okay. It's the time American. we ask a non-Chris. Jono, can we can we get a refresher on the rules? I feel like I don't know, have rules been broken. Yeah, so what, so the, what are the rules on this? Okay, right, if I rules. can, I just pick Verstappen and Hamilton, and no, that no, would no, never no, be no. a lineup you, that would what, work. What you have to do is you have to paint a scenario, a realistic yeah. scenario of a new team coming in. That's either mm-hmm. paying that 200 million euros as the 11th team or taking yeah, over yeah, one yeah. of these franchises. You know, Sauber, I think, I think, I think you make the right offer. Mm-hmm. Alfa Romeo disappears and it can be a John, o, John o F1. So I wouldn't want to run Andretti because nobody would like us based on the politics I've been hearing and we would never get any votes. Mm-hmm. I like Andretti, but it seems like all the teams hate them for some reason. I don't know why. So. They don't you want know to take what, any of their prize money. Sorry. They don't want that to take true. any prize money. That's what it is. And that's the point. So you know what, actually? Stuff that. As an FU to all 10 teams, I'm taking Andretti. <laughs> and okay. I am going to take Andretti to the top by I will sign Max Verstappen. How? How are the you going to lure Max Verstappen away from Red Bull? Here's how. Here's how. Okay. Now, I will send him, uh, you know... Okay. A nice fake email that Helmut Marco wrote sure. from Red Bull and be like, ah. yeah, this is what Helmut Marco said about you. And Horner said this. Look, check yeah. the forwarded email. And he they, goes, they all prefer what, Paris. What in the world? Yeah. I become best friends with Jos. I bring Verstappen in. That's how I'm doing it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. See, I, I make up my own rules over here, right? Okay. Now, um, I, I did consider bringing both seats for Oscar Piastri, but I'm not sure if that would work. No. Because uh, I don't think he would accept my deal. So like we need a second skates. driver. Uh, the, the way I've attracted Verstappen, just pure, uh, just pure realism there. Um, okay. we're, we're not going to have, so we need a, I think, you know what? Let's go for an energy drink sponsor. Rich energy, I reckon <gasps> would be very good. No. Um, black and gold though, to be fair. He's got real, exactly. We'll bring yeah. back the old John player Lotus livery from 50 years ago. So we've got that going for us. Mm-hmm. Now, second driver, we need somebody who's going to be good, but. It's going to be a bit of a pushover. Now, I can't take Bottas because has Chris stolen him? Yes. Okay, so he's gone. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Why couldn't I go first? This team was going to be great uh, since yeah, up until that and, point. And Catman's got Magnussen as well. So who, who's your good number two now in F1? You know what? For, for money, and, and I, I hate to say this. Ricardo. And li- I really hope he changes, but I'm going to take Mick Schumacher. I think he's way too nice. As your number two. He's got a bit of experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's pretty good. I think yeah. he's going to be very quick. But at the moment, with how nice he is, I think he could easily be pushed as a number two. I think if he needs to be more ruthless mm. in the real world. So there we go. Verstappen, Schumacher. That's my future. Who's your engine uh, supplier? En- yeah. Engines are most, almost certainly going to be Tag, Hewer, whatever they're called now, Red Bull Powertrains, <laughs> okay. whatever that's called. Okay. Very good engines. They don't break down. They mm. could win the 2020 But you answer to Horner. You have to every every week, you have to go into Horner's grand chamber and then bow down to him and pay tribute well no i don't because chris has stolen christian horner from me 
And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back into the realms and be like, oh, yeah. Maurizio Arabene, have you <gasps> arrived well back into my team? That man hasn't done anything for a few years. Maurizio, yeah. Vito Corleone from The Godfather, come and run my team <laughs> That's a good and point. run this team into succession. Come on, you never said you're a team principal. That's a very good point. I think... Yeah. Um, I took over Get Benny. Matthew Carter back in. He was good. <laughs> get him back in. We like and him. And we are trying to get End Matthew of the show. Carter onto, um, onto a show. But, yes, I think that's a really interesting thing. I We don't have time for yours and mine, Matt, but who do you think wins out of uh, these guys' teams? Well, I think with Verstappen driving that, that Jano has uh, stolen a trick from the other teams, Fair if enough. I'm being honest. Forgive break us. the rules. Forgive us for that silliness, but we've got a better or significantly worse topic coming up. Let's find out. Okay, so now it's time for the quiz. And I've, I feel like I need to be clear that I've, I've, I've gone into this quiz era again out of protest. The previous quizzes, I feel, have been a deliberate manipulation to make me look like I don't know about Formula One. And I think, I think this quiz might be a continuation of that. But under pressure, it is now time for me to say to you, here is... The Missed Apex Quiz, hosted by Chris Catman-Turner. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Chris Catman-Turner, and this is the Missed Apex Podcast Summer Quiz. We'll be putting the knowledge of our panel to the test, but don't worry if your favourite superstars from the show don't know all the answers, because remember, we may be wrong, but we're first. There will be two rounds today. The first will see how much they can recall from the first half of the 2022 season. Round two will probe the depths of their knowledge of a prominent F1 driver. 
They will have a maximum of 30 seconds per question. Think you've got what it takes? Then you too can play along at home and just let us know how you get on in the Slack group or on social media. So let's get started with round one, the 2022 season so far. The promise of the new cars has so far delivered an incredibly exciting season, but how closely have you been paying attention? There'll be three questions in this round. An easy one to get you going? Okay, there aren't any easy ones unless your name is Kyle or Brad. Aww. And then a tough one. And then a true or false question. The knowledge questions are worth two points. The true or false is worth one. So, contestant one, Spanners, here's your first question. Why am I first? How many drivers have taken their maiden pole position so far in 2022? Oh, man. I am what? devastated. How many drivers have taken their maiden pole position in 2022? Okay, so that's George Russell. And I can't think of anyone else who's taken a pole position that we wouldn't otherwise expect to have done. So I am going to go... Hang on, let's have a little think here. Is there another driver who's taken a pole position this year? The tension's building. It is building. The music indicates that. I'm being rushed. Yeah. See how the music is rushing me? It's drawing me to a conclusion. Are you playing along at home? All right, what's your answer, Spanners? How many have taken their maiden pole position? I'm going to say one, George Russell. Incorrect. Oh my god! There it's are gonna... three. So you forgot your favourite fanboy Perez. He scored his first at Saudi <laughs> oh, no. Arabia. Is that the first pole for him? Unbelievable! Yep. And it's going to be Carlos Sainz as well at Silverstone. Oh, yeah. So that was three. So I'm going to forgive big... myself because I, I was trying to remember what buttons to press for the quiz, but that's fine. I don't think I'd have got it even with uh, a couple of minutes to spare. So <laughs> let's continue with the quiz. It's on you, Chris. Cool. So contestant two, it's all the way from the US of A. It's Matt Trumpets. I always wanted to say that. Okay, here we go. Whose car split in half in a big crash at the Monaco Grand Prix on lap 24? Well, I can't believe you've asked me a question I know the answer to, but that would be none other than Mick Schumacher. You didn't need the thumbs up for that one. It is Mick Schumacher. That's correct. Okay. And then contestant three from just a stone's throw down the road from me, it's Chris Stevens. Chris, let's get off the mark with your first question. Okay. Who was left stranded on the grid with tyre blankets on as the cars pulled away for the formation lap on the Austrian sprint race? That would be, and I remember because I tweeted about it, Fernando Alonso. Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. That's right. So it was Fernando Alonso. Interestingly, his car wouldn't turn on at all. So we had, and he couldn't even start from the pit lane. So he just missed a sprint race altogether. Okay. So, Jono, you might say you got the weight of a whole country's hopes and dreams on your shoulders here. <laughs> so, so, you know, no pressure. Let's go. Who goes into the summer break? Last in the driver's standings in 2022. Ooh. I don't think it's Nico Hulkenberg. It's got to be somebody else who's not Hulkenberg. Is it? Hmm. Nicholas Latifi. 
No! Damn it! Talked yourself out of the right answer there. It is. It was Nico Nico Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg. Oh, now come on, half a point. They both have (laughs) an equal highest finish of 12th place with the TV. By the way, I will will say that that I love that everyone's showing their working so far, and I approve approve of that. Do we do half Wait, points? No, no, do? not at all. No, definitely. No, oh, so. whoa, come Can't on. give Jono any head start. Yeah, he's trying to hedge his bets. Oh, I think it might be Hulkenberg, but here's my Look, real he's answer. He's coming from the future. He's already got an advantage. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Australia is very far ahead in time. Right then. So, second questions in round one. There'll be two bits of information I need for full points in these questions, so listen carefully. Spanners, it's back to you. Who inherited the lead of the race in France when Charles Leclerc threw his car at the scenery? And how long did they lean for? Okay, that's really interesting. Okay, so what 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 track was it again? Uh, France, where okay. uh, Paul Ricard, when Charles Leclerc chucked it in the barriers. Who oh, okay. inherited the lead and how long for? Okay, so this wasn't the lead where George Russell was in the race. It was in the lead, I don't think. Hungarian Grand Prix and then Austrian Grand Prix. Where was the French Grand Prix in my timeline? Oh, this is so under pressure. When you ask a question, can you tell me the question again? I'm, I'm going to stall for time. Yeah, TikTok, TikTok, Spanish. So oh, it's getting it tense. Is who inherited the lead of the race in France when the Claire threw his car at the scenery? And how long did they lead for? Okay, I'm going to go for... George Russell and 13 laps. Sorry, my friend. So hard uh, under was... pressure. So Max had just pitted, so it was Lewis Hamilton. Oh, no, no. I, I think I, it? I even tweeted cool. Lewis Hamilton leads at the time. Yeah. For one lap. Ah. And then he pitted, and Max regained the race lead for the rest of the race. Curses. All quizzes are stupid. Okay, carry on. To be fair, you've given me two pretty easy ones that I've stuffed because I've been pressing buttons. That's my excuse. Carry on. So next up is trumpets. Question two. Let's go. Carlos Sainz took his first race win at Silverstone in 2022. Who was the last driver to take their maiden race win at Silverstone, and when was it? Wow. That is the kind of question that there's no way I'm going to know the answer to without Google, so pardon me a second. No. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler's on the end of the phone No, no, let's get the the tension music on. (laughs) All right, so we're talking maiden victories at Silverstone. And I'm going to ask, because this was supposed to be 2022, I thought, but are we talking current regulatory era or all time? All time. It's very vaguely 2022. I mentioned 2022 in the question. Okay. All right. Um... Here comes the tense music. Maiden, though. That's the thing that's catching me out. Gonna have to hurry up. I would almost say Maldonado, but I know that was Spain. <laughs> go for it. What is it? What are you gonna go for? It had to be, it's got it's gotta be. Look, if I don't know the answer, there's only one answer, and that's Magic Alonso. He's won everything. Oh. It was back in 1995. Who else knows this? John O, you're shaking your head, you know it, don't you? Uh, I know it's not Alonso. That was at Hungary. Mm-hmm. It was Johnny Herbert in 1995. So, okay. Next up is Chris. Here we go. 
There are only five drivers who have won more races this decade than Daniel Ricciardo. Name them all. You get them all correct, you get two points. Four out of five, you get one. So, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Valtteri Bottas, Nico Rosberg, and it's not Charlie. It may well be Charlie, though. Oh, he's got four answers. Leclerc. Dang it. Oh, oh, boo. Sorry, I got the wrong thing. It's a boo. He had yays and boos. So we got wait, four wait. out of five. So Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. Rosberg's the one I thought you'd forget. No. Vettel. But wait a second. Did sec. I not say this... Vettel? No, I you didn't... didn't say Vettel, but he said this decade. It's 2022. Is yeah, it the last yeah. two years or is that just a trick question? In, in the last 10 years. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, you, would have, you should have said Vettel. Yeah, you didn't uh, say Vettel. Did I seriously not say Vettel? Oh, my just God. To check. Chris, don't say, worry, Chris. I'm on zero points. Do you definitely say, Catman, in the last decade and not this decade? Yeah, I did say in the last decade. I'll take the L on that one. My bad. But we'll definitely say that I said that, but uh, don't forget, we're wrong and first. So and first. Go. <laughs> there you go. Chris, uh, Catman Turner, I just said you're doing a fine job so far, even though... You've given me some sitters, so hopefully I can uh, tap a few in. Cool. So, last question for Jono. Here it comes. No, hang on. No, no, right. That was a. Can you do the last question for Jono again? And then everyone forgive me that I've, I'm learning a new system. So, last question for Jono. Here Dramatic it music. <laughs> in 2022, every race Max has finished, he's placed on the podium in all bar one race. Where was this, and where did he finish? I was going to say Bahrain, but it has to, he has to finish the race. So it's not Bahrain. Oh, no. I know the answers to everything else except this one. Oh, all yeah. right. Well, I'm going to guess it has to be... I'm going to wait till the time's run out because <laughs> I need to think about this one. Oh, oh, is it Monaco? No, it's not Monaco. I'm going to say something. Oh, all right. Let's go <laughs> with uh, Australia. Oh, damn it. It was at Silverstone where he was battling with Mick Schumacher for P7. Oh, yes. I remember that now. My God. Yeah, Turn the camera off me, Spanners. <laughs> so, okay, so this is the last set of questions about 22. Who's winning? Who's winning? Who's winning? I'll tell you after round one. Oh, okay. I'll tell you. Go on. All right. Okay, get ready for a true or false question. Here we go. Both Aston Martin cars had to start from the pit lane in Miami because their fuel was too cold. Is that for me? Uh, yeah. Interesting, interesting. So I remember Sebastian Vettel having to start from the pit lane. Was it Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll? There was a bit of controversy about this, wasn't there? Because this highlighted the rule around pit temperatures and the fact that teams were trying to make their fuel as low as possible, that the temperature as low as possible, and that perhaps they got caught out. I think that... <laughs> no clock. Give me more time. I think 
that it was just Sebastian Vettel. So I'm going to say, I guess, false. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, he talked himself out of it ah, again. So, was it yeah, both? It was true, both of them. And it was too cold. So as trumpets, I'm sure, will tell you, you know, as fuel is cooled, it becomes more dense, which okay. would then obviously give you a more unfair advantage. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just want to... More fuel, same volume. Yep. Yeah, okay. Quizzes are terrible. Go on, ca- no, carry on. I don't see much point, but why not? Let's carry on. <laughs> now, trumpets, your true or false question coming right up. Oh, dear. Red Bull scored their first one-two finish since True. Malaysia 26 <laughs> since Malaysia 2016 at the San Marino Grand Prix in 2022. Uh, nice noise, Matt. Thank you. I've been. I actually. I worked on. I worked on several different noises. Uh-huh. That was that was that was the top of the list. How do you, like, you like this? How do you like this noise? That's the hurry up noise. That's another noise that I worked on. Do you want to hear any more? I distracted you, so I'm going to give you another round of that one. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't matter because I'm just I'm, I'm literally flipping a coin here, and my coin says true. All right, it's tense. It's it's right. It's correct. <laughs> Yes, it is. It has <laughs> I been love a while. Lucky. lucky is my friend. <laughs> so yeah, Malaysia 2016 was the last time. So it was Max and Daniel Ricciardo. No one else has uh, done a one-two for Red Bull since oh, then. All right, that's great. Cool. Chris, let's crack on with your true or false question. Oh, well, hang on. No, wait, wait. Go on. Two true in a row. So I'm just going to say false right now. That won't work. <laughs> oh, dang it. Let's build it up. Here we go. Go on. Oh, no, hang on. Music. <laughs> So true. true we, need, we need a better sound engineer. Charles Leclerc has never had a grand slam, which is a pole position, fastest lap, led every lap, and a race victory. Okay, I will just say, weekend. I will just say that the squaddy interpretation of grand, grand slam is different to that. But we are looking <laughs> for, to be clear, we're looking for the F1 meaning of grand slam. I'm fairly certain that he did it in Australia. So I'm going to say false. That is exactly right. He did it in Australia this year. Awesome. As a side point, anybody know how Max has? How many? Seven. How many? Sorry. Yep. Anyone know how many he's got? Seven. Two. Oh, okay. Yeah, Austria, many. Austria 21 number. and Imola 22. How many's Lewis got? Four. Lewis. Teen. He's in the teens. He's only got six. Oh, dang. Wait, what? It's a, Maybe hard, I'm thinking thing a, it's a really hard thing to do. Lead, lead every lap having not pitted. When you pit, obviously, someone's going to come. So Jim Clark is the leader with only eight. It is a hard thing to okay, do. Okay, but to be fair, that was like a thousand years ago. When Yeah, when the, yeah. they led by laps by the end of the first lap. So. Yeah. yeah. Like I genuinely, records like that, you have to say, prost forward only. Honestly, yeah. what's the point? What's the point in putting it back into 18 Dickety Six when like yeah. it was just like Derek with his car and, and everyone else had a tricycle? There's no point. You're not going to like the questions later on. Oh, crap. So, Here we go. All right. Go on then, come on. <laughs> so, Over yeah, two. finally for round one, it's Jono. Let's do this. Mm. Here we go. True or false, the 2022 Miami Grand Prix saw the youngest podium ever with Max, Charles and Carlos Sainz Jr. Now, come on. 
I know you've given me zero points so far, Catman. You've gone, everybody, here's the easy questions for Spanners and Trumpets and, and Chris Stevens. And, and Jono, easy. let's get the expert questions that nobody can answer. I know even Professor Einstein had he studied Formula One. I'm going to go with true. That was the youngest podium in Formula One history. Oh, tense. It's wrong. <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm sorry. Oh, it was no. 2019 Brazil with Max... Gasly oh, yeah, and science. Because Gasly is a year younger than Charles. You have so to give Jono the... props for the swagger in that it was, question. Yeah, it, it was went a, all a baller in. effort. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's not my oh, question right. next, is it? So that's the scores so far, because that's the end of the 2022 questions. So in the lead, we have Chris Stevens on four points. <laughs> Closely followed. By should have trumpets. made the booing there. <laughs> Closely followed by trumpets with three. And bringing up the rear, we have Spanners and Jono <laughs> on absolutely zip. Yeah, they're the best ones. They're great looking though, aren't they? Woo! They're the Gosh, most genetically fits. viable. Yeah. I feel like a pay driver all of a sudden. Yeah, I know. Out of nowhere. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. I've, been, I've not been liking it. Come on, come on, take charge. <laughs> So now we move on to round two. The driver we're going to discuss today is Sebastian Vettel. So, four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel announced his retirement from Formula One at the end of the season. He lies third on the all-time list of Grand Prix winners with 53 victories, behind only Lewis Hamilton and Michael Schumacher. I'm giving you all the answers here. (laughs) He has the ruthless streak needed to be on top of the world. Remember Multi-21? But he's also got a great sense of humour and a kind heart this year, being a very prominent campaigner for equality and a better world. Boo! I want people to be judged on their characteristics and racially and uh, sexuality stuff. Boo fairness! I love Chris's face. Anyway, so he's been a huge <laughs> Chris was the one that said that. I told him not to. <laughs> that was totally Chris. Anyway, he'll be greatly missed. <laughs> but actually, how much do you know about Sebastian Vettel? So you'll each answer one fact-based question and one true or false question about him. So, Spanners, yeah. Sebastian Vettel a strong suit for you? No, I'm not a fan. Excellent, let's go. All right. For which team did Sebastian make his racing debut? Okay. I like that you asked me that. I appreciate the the questions are of varying difficulty and you have said that they are random totally f1 totally random. just to double check this isn't some quiz i'm gonna say toro rosso and you're gonna go no his first uh, race was with clankenhaus and ac clankenhaus and motor he raced for hospital karting and so i just want to check it's for formula one yeah in formula one Okay. Which team did Sebastian make his racing debut? Is in start the race and finish the race. Okay. Where? I'm just. I'm going to go for Toro Rosso. I think that was his debut season. He won a race with uh, with Toro Rosso at Monza in in interchangeable conditions. What have I forgotten? You've forgotten the one-off appearance he made in 2007 <laughs> for BMW at the US Grand Prix at Indianapolis. How, is, how is that not a sacking offence? 
Boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. And welcome to the last ever Missed Apex quiz. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Unbelievable. Cat managed to overlook rule number one of Quizmaster. Make sure the host gets at least one okay, right. But that is a real interesting... Like you couldn't send him the answer to one of these. <laughs> yeah, least, you should yeah? have rigged it at least. One. So most people... <laughs> I had. I thought I had. So most people would obviously look at Sebastian Vettel's career and go, oh, yes, he had that great breakthrough th- season at Toro Rosso. Mm. What team did he, he race for? In, in So he started at Toro Rosso from the Hungarian Grand Prix in 2007 yeah. after his amazing showing at Indianapolis for BMW. He finished eighth on his debut. All right. And this yeah. is why everyone hates you. Please do uh, feel free to continue. Uh, hang on two seconds. I may have podged quite a few buttons in anger just then. So, uh, right, we're back on track. The quiz questions are back on track. So, let's crack on. Sweet. With trumpets, now your turn. Jeez. At which ah. track did Sebastian win his first Grand Prix for Ferrari? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, did I get the question wrong? What was the question again? At which track did Sebastian win his first Grand Prix for Ferrari? I know it was an FIA grade one track. That is true. Well done. Next question. <laughs> okay, you also know what you had for breakfast. Uh, yeah, well, I'm an old man. I'll, I'm just like, I start saying things I know, and then maybe I get to the thing that I can't remember. I honestly can't remember which one he won first at, but it was Ferrari. So was it Monza? I am sorry, my friends from the panel. You guys, you guys look like, you know, yes. I just want to get one correct. It was Malaysia. (laughs) It was Malaysia 2015. He was singing on the radio. He was so excited. I was close. It was an M. I was close. (laughs) That's a half point for trumpets for getting the M. (laughs) Okay, Chris, Sebastian Vettel, let's go. Where was Sebastian's last Grand Prix victory? And I'm assuming it's going to be his last. Uh, That would be the race that we all watched at Butmore Park, together with our listeners, because it clashed with our karting event, that would be the 2019 Singapore Grand Prix. Yeah, 2019 Singapore. Chris is on fire. John, so, can, I, can I just say one thing? Is that I have got all three of those correct, and I'm no uh-huh. doubt going to get yeah. this one wrong, and yeah. I'm just waiting to see what it is. That's what they all say. We've got you've got this. We believe in you. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. (laughs) I know this is going to be really difficult now. Where was Sebastian's (laughs) last podium position? Oh, my gosh. Now, it was an Aston Martin podium. He got disqualified at Hungary. Did he get one at... Wait, okay, I, I know no, silence is bad for radio, I know this. So he no, got disqualified from Hungary. Okay. It wasn't that one. It, oh, it was. he went on that one, or the, the long first in at Baku last year. Baku, Azerbaijan last year, yes. Oh, I got one. Oh, I'm so happy. There we go. All right. Yes, he got one. You're absolutely oh. right. So, yeah, everybody would have said the Hungarian Grand Prix, but he got disqualified. Mm. Do you remember why? Well, it was, well, no, listen, 
uh, <laughs> Catman, let's just leave it at that, okay? I've got he, a point. <laughs> he didn't have enough fuel for the sample. Oh, Trumpet, mm-hmm. there you go. You got I it. was totally going to steal that one if that was a thing we were doing now, which we're not. <laughs> cool. All right. So, yeah, this will be the last question for you all coming up. So let's make it count. Come on, Spanners, you can do this. True or false about Vettel? I don't want to play. All right, fine. Vettel is still the youngest world driver's champion. Oh, no. What are you doing? So the implication for you saying still is, of course, that he was the youngest driver's champion when he started. So who's been a driver champion since then? Well, it's been Lewis Hamilton, Nico Rosberg, both older, both pretty old. And then it's been, oh, Max Verstappen. Oh, no. So was that's the question, isn't it? Was Max Verstappen younger than Sebastian Vettel? Max Verstappen started driving at 12 years old in Formula One. But... Sebastian Vettel won it quicker in his Formula One career. So is it a true or false? What, what was it, it is. It's a true or false. So, yeah, it was Vettel is still the youngest world champion. I'm going to go for... True, he's still the youngest world champion. Okay, yes, I will count that true. as face-saving as the host of the world's most downloaded independent host-owned F1 podcast <laughs> that I got at least one question right. Thank you very much, Catman. Thank you. That's right. So, yeah, uh, so Max is the youngest race winner at 18 years old, but he was late to the party for the championship. So Vettel was 23 years, 134 days. Has Matt got Matt... a question right? Uh, yeah. No. No. Yeah. no, he hasn't. Okay, go on. Go continue. Then continue with your stats. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, then Max was 24 years and 73 days. Okay. Lewis, Lewis was younger than Max when he won it. Yeah. He was 23. Yeah. Fernando was 24. He won it a few days younger. And Schumacher was 25. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Right. Trumpets. Here we go. True or false? Sebastian Vettel won a race in every year that he raced for Red Bull Racing. The clock ticking thing means you have to say. When stuff. did you start racing for Red Bull again? Um, twenty ten. Twenty. No, yeah, it was 09. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, yeah, good point. Mm. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just asking questions. You stalling for time? <laughs> just to stall time. Okay, <laughs> not Chris, really going to make a difference. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can play. Anything. I can play the bad noise. That one. You can play the bad noise. Uh, it's, it's, it's again. Huh? You're my closest uh, rival in the points. Uh, oh, you're no. You are. No. Yep. No. I can't even remember there the question. Is no, no. So the question is, did he win basically in 2009? Did he win in 2009? And that's a that's a super duper good question because I don't remember the answer to it. Come on, Quizmaster, push him. Where's your authority? Yeah, come on. Let's give an can answer. We get a, yes, can we get no, a I, drive-through penalty on this? Yeah, it's I'm, I'm so going to press the R no, button. I, I was just... I was just Loving just, the rumbling, ramblings of trumpets. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, because it really does come down to 2009, because yeah. 2009 is, is the year that Braun won. But his <laughs> memory on. has it. Oh. Let's have it. Yes or no? Yes or no, because the stream has is going to catch up with you in a second. Yes. I what it is. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, he won loads in 2009. Don't forget, he was uh, the main contender to Jensen Button. Uh, it was false because he didn't win in his last season for the team in 2014. Oh, But he okay. came second in Singapore. Okay, good. Is the quiz over yet, Kamam? No, we've got two more questions. <laughs> oh. I know you want it to be over. To two spend. more each? No, no, just Chris and then John. Oh, okay, good. Can, Sorry, can okay. I just point out... Can I just point out something funny? Before Chris answers this question, Chris, can you grab that giant bottle of whatever you have Pepsi <laughs> down there? That is the biggest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. No, I, I've been told by Steve I'm not allowed to show yeah. it on, on the stream. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Are, other <laughs> brands of Coca or Coca-Cola type products? I mean, available? if it's okay with you guys, I'd rather finish the quiz. But, you know, who am I? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Chris, here we go then. Time to shine. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Say, say it again. Say it again. <laughs> Sorry. Okay then, Chris, last chance to shine. Dramatic music coming in. Now will Chris get this right? Will come and deliver the question correctly. Here it comes! Vettel has the highest winning percentage in a year, with 68% of all races won in 2013. Oh, now. Oh, I now. would say that's false. I would... Uh, surely Michael Schumacher in like 2004 or 2002 got a higher win percentage than than that is that your answer i'm gonna say false oh thank god i've only got one point yeah so three drivers have higher win percentages ascari schumacher in 2004 as you said and jim clark so if all of those matter then that's fine so, Jono, let's see if we can cap this off on a high. True or false? Let's do it. No pressure. Oh, hang on. That's me, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> this is re- this is particularly tense music, come on. For the final question. Hang on, wait, wait, wait. Pause between every word. So, like, like really, like, take pauses, and I'll crank up the dramatic music. Vettel's winning streak in 2013 was impressive. But was beaten in 2015 to 2016 by... I think you might need to repeat the question. I think, Rosberg. I, I think we, we misstepped. Oh, you mean you didn't like my sexy voice? No, no it's like... just I don't think your pauses and my dramatic music match there. So, Fine. just for the Vettel's sake of clarity... Vettel's winning streak in 2013 was impressive. Vettel's winning streak in 20... You can't all be Spanish, so it's fine. Carry on. Uh, all right. I'm just so going to stop that. I'm just, do you know what? I'm just going to cut my losses. Just say the question. Vettel's winning streak in 2013 was impressive, but was beaten in 2015 to 2016 by Nico Rosberg. Ooh. So Rosberg, I know he won the last five races of the year before, the four races, and he won the, the next four, and then he got taken out at Spain. It was that Spain race that he and Hamilton collided. Vettel he won got nine taken in a row. Sp- at Spain. Rosberg so I'm going to guess. Taken out at Spain. Uh-oh. Well, I'm triggered. No. Sorry, excuse me. Oh dear. Poor wording. Poor wording. Sorry. What time is it? Who's fault time is it? Collision. Collision. And that's the last time we've ever seen Johnny. I'm just trying to. I am just trying to think. Um, Can we get minus one so everyone who talked during that question? Thank you as well. And now just kidding. So we will go. I'm going to guess Vettel was nine because I don't think Rosberg got nine wins. I think it was four the year before and then four in 2016. I'm going with, well, what's the, am I, I don't know what true or false is. I'm going to say Vettel had more, whatever that answer is. 
So, but you're right, Vettel Street was nine races between Spa and Interlagos in 2013, whereas Rosberg's was only seven from 2015 Mexico Ooh. to 2016 Russia. My that was God. pretty accurate. Rosberg took out Hamilton. Did I really say that? Can I just apologize? I was thinking in my head. That's that's not my true thoughts. I don't want to comment on that. There's no it's saving it. Yeah, you, you've piastreed it, my friend. The this podcast is- says what the soul is thinking. There's no, you're cancelled now. Catman. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the quiz in the bag, folks. So let's check out the final scores. Oh, hang on. We need dramatic music for that. Surely. Yeah. Surely I wouldn't be stalling for time to get... There we go. Who's won? So, the final scores. So, in last place, with what I'm calling the Mazepin Wooden Spoon of Shame, Uh we have... Spatters! With one point. (laughs) Next up, with a creditable podium position, it's Jono with two. Yay! With a valiant effort. But ultimately, it wasn't quite enough in second place. It's Matt Trumpets with three. I'm just Lance Roll at Monte, kid. And that leaves a runaway Missed Apex Podcast Summer Quiz Champion with Chris Stevens with a total of seven out of eight points. Chris Stevens! Yeah, boys. Well done, Chris. I'm, I'm most mad about. The one point I dropped for not thinking of Sebastian Vettel of winning more races than Ricardo in the last 10 years. I mean, what an idiot. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, pretty he impressive. did pretty well. But I think that our main winner today is Chris Catman-Turner. Thank you so much for those quiz well quizzes. What people don't realise is putting a quiz together is incredibly difficult. It's a massive skill set. It's really hard to judge, uh, you know, where the... The, the knowledge lies and and you know, trying exactly. to find what yeah. i try and do is get questions that hopefully you people at folks at home find interesting what was the winning score today seven out of eight seven out of eight oh, okay in that's, that case that's a that's a brad kyle in that case we can't score. complain so this was always going to be a little bit of a prototype because we've not done this for a long time i will say that producing the quiz and competing in it is incredibly hard but <laughs> but i think the next time we're going to do it you suggested this cat man I think you're right. I think we are going to put together a quiz at the Mist Apex karting event. I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to make it a segment and we're going to put it out on our feed. Perfect. I'd love a live mm. quiz and all the people who come along to the karting can join in. Yeah, sure. But I might not be a contestant. The The next internet quiz we have will be with Kyle, Brad and Alex because they've all been saying that they will definitely have done better than than what happened here today. And our champion, Chris. So, you know. Oh, that's involved. a good point. So follow Chris at CatmanF1. Yeah. Uh, Chris Stevens, our champion. Where? At Chris on Racing. There Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And uh, Matt, did you finish behind me? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Where can people follow you? At MattPT55 on the Twitters. Best place. Awesome. I, I guess you should follow Jono as well. Yes, at Johnny S8, J-O-N-N-Y-E-S-S-8. Let's get on it. Follow me as well, at Spanners Ready on Twitter. This whole experience has been technologically uh, difficult. It has been hard because I didn't get any of the questions right. And if you think that we should continue this kind of thing, let us know. Feedback 
at mistapex.net. And if you've got this far into this shambles, then surely you might want to consider being a patron. Patreon.com forward slash mistapex from one ninety nine per month. That's 33 cents a show. You can have an ad-free feed. And from $5 a month, join us in our patron Slack group and get extra bonus content, which sometimes is hosted by Matt Trumpets. But until we see you next, work hard, be kind, and have fun. This was Mr. Apex Podcast. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.